0: um since reading his book yes um agree or disagree with him being a nominee for the NASCAR Hall of Fame
1: I totally agree why if he would have chose not to be so conscious of his own health and you know to be there for you know his wife and his children he would race many more years you know I don't know if he would have won anything else at all but you know he would have stuck it out for the longevity and that was for the wrong reason so you know I've got to give you know, tip my hat to him because he stepped out of you know of a thing that he'd love to do just so he could live a longer for his family. So I'm, you know, I'm a hundred percent behind that.
0: Yeah, and I, I think obviously it's going to be a controversial one just because people are going to make the statement that well, he's getting put in because of his last name. Um, I don't believe that. But I don't either. I, but I will also say this: I don't believe um, that he's being put in because of just because of his racing career. He's a great ambassador to the sport in many, many ways. Absolutely, um, and that's why you know, and I agree with you. I, I'm 100% in support of it. I hope he gets in, um, but I'm a. I think that he is way beyond the simple idea of just a driver. Yes, yes um, he did. He did end early, but he's a guy who continues to promote the sport because with his last name, he could walk away and just be an owner and not do podcasts all the time and, yeah. and be out there promoting the sport and you know using his name and his stage to continue to build the sport. So I am 100% um, in support of it. I and am it, too. So I, I was curious to hear that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you knew my answer with that since you know I've talked many times about uh, how I felt about him after I read that his second book there when he started talking about his concussions. All right, and now I want to say you and I probably –
0: owe oh, some apologies um here before we get adam stricker on
1: we owe a, a lot of apologies
0: yeah so and, and some of you may not even know that we owe you an apology um but to any driver that i've ever laughed at uh for spinning out too many times whether on the real racing service or especially I on racing. the iRacing surface, um, we have added iRacing here in studio, yeah. which is gonna be fun once we can really start getting drivers back in studio um to have some fun with us. Not competitively, um, because I already know where we stand. But I am beyond blown away by how good some of these people are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I say when I watched it on TV and I kept seeing Bloomquist go through the infield, I thought, you know, here's a guy that has won everywhere and can't do this. Uh, after I sat down in your setup today I realized uh, I'm an ab- absolute idiot man because I <laughs> I can barely touch the gas pedal while I'm spinning out so
0: yeah I got it last night and I thought you know I, I probably should have started what it suggests you on like the rookie stuff and like the the, the street stocks and legend cars on asphalt now I had to buy a 410 sprint car because I'm an open wheel guy and I thought this cannot be that hard legitimately pulling out of the pits. So I thought, I'm just going to throttle this thing and see what it's got. I was at in the inside wall before
1: I made it out of pit yeah. lane. All I'm going to say is it's probably a good thing we couldn't fit in Brad Fry's car last year <laughs> <laughs> after watching me and you both with the iRacing. I think that was... Uh, and I'm glad we just got to see each other, and there wasn't a crowd. Is all I'm gonna say. It's, his mistress would have looking yeah. would have looked pretty beat up. She would been beat up.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. So shout out to everybody doing that eye racing stuff, man. That is, uh, yeah. That it's impressive. Um, like I said, we are we are definitely not eye
1: racers. Um, I don't even think we're racers.
0: Yes, we're much better on the media side. People yes. may people may debate that saying we're not better media members than what we are on iRacing, but they've also never seen us drive. And hopefully they never do. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, hey, I instead of cutting to our sponsors here, since we've had some technical difficulties, I want to jump right in and give Adam Stricker a call here. Um, so I will, uh, I'll throw this on here, see if we can get him up and on the line um, so we can talk to him. Adam, you got us, brother?
2: Yeah, you got us. Uh,
0: yeah, man. Hey, uh, sorry. First of all, we had some uh, technical difficulties there. Um, if you've not been listening to the show, we just got iRacing in the studio, so I probably I didn't check all the nuts and bolts of the podcast setup like I normally would. I fell into that uh, lazy driver mentality of just hoping them they were all checked, and uh, it bit me right in the rear end.
2: <laughs> yeah, I hear you there.
0: So, brother, I want to start here, man, and first of all, thanks for being on, and, and we appreciate it, and man, we're excited. Um, you've been a, a huge supporter of us yeah. uh, posting stuff and sharing stuff, and uh, and even beyond that, I appreciate that part, but you're also a listener, um, and people may think that sounds silly, but that's important to us. We want people to listen. We want you to enjoy it, um, and I appreciate the message you sent me about listening to the, the episode, so that's pretty awesome
2: yeah no problem i just uh i think um the big uh kind of behind that is like you pay attention to dirt on dirt you know on uh, the dirt lay mile side they're huge and um over here we don't really get uh the much media side of it so um yeah every morning on my way to work i'll i'll turn it on and uh, listen to it or or you know if nothing's going on at work i'll just just listen to just to something you know so yeah you guys do great work
0: well we appreciate yeah. it so
2: I do want to jump in here with
0: this question since we are kind of talking racing right now, because unfortunately it's the only uh, thing we have. Do you do any racing?
2: Yeah. Um, every once in a while, obviously when all this uh, COVID-19 stuff come out, um, I kind of had nothing better to do. I kind of worked on my race cars for, for everything that I had to do to it. It got done. And so during the days I I'd do stuff around the house and then, uh um, you know, later at night or something, I jump on night racing with a few buddies. But yeah, I played it every once in a while. I don't play it um, as much as I used to, but um, obviously my, my uh, work schedule is uh, more important. So uh, yeah, I've been on it for a while, but I haven't played it for probably maybe a month or two.
0: Yeah, I need like a power wheel class. That's yeah. the that's the car yeah. I'm looking for on there um, because I am struggling.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know um, before I ever bought it, I went to a buddy's and played it one time, and, man, I was awful. I always said I'd never buy it and uh, broke down and bought it, and I got to be pretty decent. It takes a lot of time, so. Um, but, yeah, a lot of seat time. I think that's the same thing with uh, real racing. You get some seat time, and everything turns out to be okay.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest, and, and I've been helping uh, a good buddy of ours, Ryan Bowling, with some of the Power I Uh, stuff they've been doing with iRacing and watching these guys and these midgets and i'm like now actually trying it it's unbelievable to me not only that you guys can do it in real life sitting in a car but virtually to be able to put it up against the wall and do some of the things you guys do is just unbelievable yeah
2: yeah i uh i kind of when i first got it uh, i played at nick hoffman's house and he had an Oculus rift and um. So ever since then, I I played on somebody else's and I was terrible with it. So I had to buy the Oculus, and um, after I got that, it actually helped me out a lot because it felt like it was um a little bit more of a point of view, um you know side that I could see. So it was easier for me. Yeah, don't
0: let my wife hear anybody saying that I need anything else
2: because um, I
0: I had to put her in the seat yesterday just to hopefully not get killed that, that showed up in the studio out of nowhere. So. <laughs> hey but i want to get back as as much fun as i racing is and it's kind of what we're doing right now man um i want to get to the real side and you talked a little bit about their working on your cars and things but looking back man 2019 molar track champion um 14 wins in 2019 and, and a big one uh the north south 100 modified winner down there and and so I want to jump right into that north-south 100 win because, again, talking a little bit about the late model side, that's obviously a crown jewel for them, but that's still a big field of modifieds and some hellacious modified drivers to go down there and beat.
2: Yeah, um, we went down um, in 17 and uh, won the Ralph Latham portion, but it um, seems like every time the north-south would roll in town, I'd struggle so bad and um, – i think if i remember right it was a three-day weekend and they had um i think they had a ralph latham portion that weekend as well if i remember right and um struggled on the ralph latham side and uh kind of went back and um worked on some things and then come saturday we was um kind of set up you know just perfect so uh we i think we won our heat race from from the tail on friday night which put us on the pole um for saturday so that kind of um played out in my favor a little bit and uh uh everything just kind of fell my way and um i was able to go ahead and get that one done out out of the way because i wanted to win that one for a while and every time i went like i said i struggled so bad and um finally was able to pull it off i was down
1: there last year for that race and uh and um you you guys had a heck of a field of modifieds to compete against i mean i couldn't believe how many modifieds came down there for that race
2: yeah, they, I know, um, they always roll them in. Obviously you get to race with Lucas Oil or if you ever get to race with Board of Outlaws, it's, um, you know, it's kind of something that you want somebody to see race. Uh, you don't get to travel as much. Like we don't get to go to Florida like we would like to, but, um, anytime, you know, like Brownstown for the icebreaker, we'll go there and just try to get ourselves out there a little bit. You know what I mean? A lot of guys go up and watch the, watch the modified and see how the track's turning and, um so they get to see these people race you know so it kind of helps out in the long run if you can uh kind of get some eyes on you
1: oh yeah that way you can look to advance up into the late models and stuff
2: yeah for sure i mean i obviously our modified program is what um we're going to continue to do but uh yeah later down the road i'd i'd love to be in a late model but uh obviously financially it's not easy so all right uh, yeah our modified program is kind of what we're sticking to right now so
0: and real quick just because i saw he logged on here um you're wearing an Earnhardt technology groups hat and steve maynard just logged on and he's been on the show with us and uh you know fan of of the show and we're a big fan of him and and i see he just commented nice hat adam <laughs> here i that was perfect timing i gave him a shout out for you right when he when he logged in there and saw it so uh shout out to steve man we appreciate you and everything you guys do for all the drivers oh yeah
2: yeah, Steve, he uh, kind of back to the, um, being at Nick's house, you know, when I started building my race cars, I uh, we went down to Earnhardt Technologies, and I didn't know anybody there. I just, you know, rode down with Nick, and uh, he asked me, he's like, what's your name? And I told him, and he said, uh, Joe, Stricker's your grandpa. I said, uh, yeah. And uh, he he told me how he used to work at Masters Built, and so we got to talking for a little while, and uh, yeah, Steve's a really nice guy, and he'll help you out any way he can. So let let's go back because obviously
1: you got the connection there with with your your grandpa. But a, yeah, I was gonna say you're you a third generation driver, and right. uh, you run grandpa's number. Mm-hmm. And uh, where's the the blue and orange man? Because you seem like you always stick tight with that blue and orange. what's what's up with
2: that? Um, really, honestly, there's, I don't. I'm not really sure. I know um, we used to run red and yellow, um, and then that kind of. I wasn't too fond of them colors and that was before we kind of we had wraps back then and um so we just ran the normal stickers and um and in 2015 I bought a car from Junior Nolan and it was all orange the frame the decking the body was completely orange so it was a little too much orange for me but I did like the way the orange looked um at night um so uh we went and bought a car at the end of 15 because I ended up tearing that two brothers car up I got into a wreck and So we bought this car, and it had a black deck on it already. So we just said, you know, I like that orange, so let's just go ahead and put orange sides on it. And um, then we finally got a wrap, and everything kind of started coming together. And so since then, we've kind of ran the black and orange deal and uh, throw a little bit of blue in there because I think, in my opinion, the orange stands out a little bit, and not a whole lot of people run the orange, so I was kind of a big fan of it.
1: It looks good on the racetrack when it goes around there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a sharp looking hot rod. So, obviously, like Matt said, third generation driver, um, you know, and I think it's always interesting to ask guys. Even obviously, you grew up around the racetrack; you you were always there. But sometimes, you know, having that pressure and that involvement can push guys away from it. So, what was it that still drove you to want to be involved in motorsports?
2: Um, pretty much uh so at, at our race car shop we have a go-kart track in the backyard and um my grandmother worked at a harley dealership and she got me a go-kart one time i, I don't remember how young i was at the time but she got me a go-kart and so we you know started making laps and um before too long i kind of was just cutting laps. it was on a normal day- basis you know i'd go over there and cut laps all day long and um, my grandpa kind of built me a, a bigger motor and we started running more laps. And, um, my father, um, he used to race carts and we was looking at pictures one day and I pretty much told him that that's what I wanted to do. So, uh, he went out and bought us some go karts and we raced for quite a while. And, um, unfortunately kind of had to put that on the back burner for a little bit. And, uh, oh. my grandfather still ran his race team and back then, um, Weasel Rose was driving for us. So, oh, yeah. uh, Hi. I kind of started going with them um, and kind of seeing what that world was about. I, I didn't really, um, do a whole lot as far as working on it and, and stuff like that. I was still a little young. I was more interested in hand my buddies or whatever else. So I'd go to the racetrack and kind of see what that side of the world was about. And, um, uh, later on down the road, weasel quit driving for us. My dad got back in it and I just kept going and going and going. And my dad ended up having to have knee surgery and Prior to that, I'd go out in the end of the night and you know make five or ten laps and um, just kind of you know grit my teeth a little bit and just just trying to make some laps and, and maybe later down the road I'd get my opportunity. But um, in 20 end of 2013, my dad had to have knee surgery and so they stuck me in the car one night and we went to uh, Brush Creek Motorsports in Peebles, Ohio and. Um, we, we, ran, we ran pretty decent. I'm not exactly sure how we ran, but I know it was the fourth night out. We actually ended up getting a win. Um, so that was pretty neat. And then in 2014, I kind of just took off full swing with it, and that kind of was what really kick-started that there.
0: Okay, so a couple things I want to review there from from you talking about that. Number one, it sounds like we need three go-karts and we need to come over and do a shop episode with you at the shop. Um number two on a side note brush creek uh motorsports you just brought a brush creek um, raceway they're getting ready to go racing um, yeah. was announced uh may 9th correct yeah so, yeah, so uh,
2: i seen, I seen when they posted that on there and um we've been testing every once in a while here at Moeller. obviously you know kind of a private test deal and there hasn't been a lot of people there and they they posted they were going to race They were like heck yeah you know we'll, kind of got to go support them if, if they're going to try to do it you got to at least show everybody support that you can show them so yeah it looks like i guess we'll head that way
0: you know and i'm and I'm i i'm i'm sad i understand totally why and support it 100 percent um i'm excited for you guys to race and i know pit road uh tv uh, is going to be broadcasting it so I, I will be tuning in to watch it uh with pit road tv but I really wish I could come over and support you. I mean, that's why there's nowhere else to go right now. I'm I'm dying for some racing. So, but just know uh we will be watching on Pit Row TV. Why can't we? Because you can't. There's no general admission. Oh, I didn't realize that. The
1: only general admission is you got to you got to sit in the car on the hill and mm. stay in your vehicle. Well, I've been over there to Brush Creek. That's actually a nice little joint over there. That's that's an enjoyable place to go watch a race at.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh... It's only about 45 minutes for me um, to get there. So, like I said, that's kind of where I really got started. And um, obviously, they were having a show, so it's, it would only make sense to go. And I've seen a lot of people that put on Facebook that they was going to go. So, I believe if, if they can get it in, I think they'll have a really good turnout. And I'd say quite a bit of cars will show up. Awesome.
0: Maybe we can get somebody's trailer and just go over there like we're a racer, but never get a car out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, just to get in the pits to watch. I don't know about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, you guys might be able to, um, like park at the end of the street. You know, throw a little hitchhiker's thumb out there, and <laughs> hey, just hop in that trailer in there. Let me hang out there in the pits. We'll,
0: we'll, we'll scrape mud all that long just to be in the pits.
2: Yeah, tell me, put some tear offs on your helmets for them. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> so brother and, and obviously you said 2014 you you know you really jumped into this deal and, and kind of got started and um, I want to ask this you know looking back you said you got your start at Brush Creek you obviously have ran at moeller a lot what really is one of those favorite tracks that you just love getting to go to
2: honestly man that's uh and that's 110 percent for sure Brownstown because uh, I, I feel like every time I went there um. I, I felt really good and that last race I went there, me and Ryan Thomas had a heck of a battle and it seems like every time I've I felt really good where I could get um maybe get that first win and uh something normally happens but uh me and Ryan had a heck of a battle there and that place races really well and um, obviously it's very challenging. It doesn't have the wall. So um if you if you got the guts to you know run up top then you can kinda get it done on some nights so uh, to me, that place is really, really fun. Um, it's got a lot of character to it, so it's different for me. I'm not, um, I am not—I don't normally run racetracks like that. The only other place I've been to like that was Bloomington, so yeah. to yeah. me, that was uh, a different game-changer, and it, and it kind of helped me out a lot as far as being able to drive straighter because, like I said, you have no wall, so if you mess up, you're just, you're had, you're going over, um, so you kind of got to be real smooth there, and it helps out a lot of people.
0: And you know, people are going to think I totally set that up. I honestly had no idea. Obviously we're Brownstown guys and that's our, that's our home track. I had no idea where you were going to go there, but I will say I have seen you and Ryan Thomas have some great battles there. And and, you know, there are some terrific modified drivers that are always at Brownstown.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It seems like, um, you know, like just for instance, or AMS shows I've always kind of struggled with them and it seems like I go there and I can run top five every time. And, I'm still looking for that AMS win, but, I mean, that place can really help out a driver a lot. If you if you take somebody that um, needs a little bit of help as far as understanding the race car, I feel like you take them there, then um, they probably will come out of there with a notebook full of uh, ideas, obviously, that they can probably put to test there.
0: Now, how would you compare it? You said the other one you've been to is uh, Bloomington. How would you compare it to Bloomington? Because... Obviously, I'm a Brownstown guy now, but growing up, I was at Bloomington Speedway every night. So how would you compare it to being at Bloomington?
2: Uh, I haven't been to Bloomington since 2016, so it's been a while since I've been there. But um, I know Bloomington, I, knew, I remember the first time I rolled out for Hot Laps, uh, I think it was John DeMoss was the first car out, and I was the last car out. And when I pulled out, John was like right behind me. I'm like, <laughs> man, this place is really small. I got to get going like now. <laughs> and so brownstown to me i don't think it's a whole lot similarity there um it's obviously really tiny bloomington is so brownstown to me is a little bit different but as far as maybe racing the same i'd say they probably would race the same but uh i mean, unfortunately when i went there i sucked so <laughs> <laughs> it is i mean it is a, bloomington
0: is a very tight small track yeah. and uh uh not a whole lot of room there and they're on you quick so it's uh, you're exactly right yeah yeah
2: It, I um, I like I said I went there in 16 and never seen the place and actually I think one of the first people I talked to was there was um, maybe Derek Groomer or, or Gilpin one of them and they're like yeah man this place race is totally different so you better be prepared and they weren't lying
1: <laughs> those are two good guys that talk to you about any track in southern Indiana it's, man because you know both them guys have been on about everything in a modified
2: yeah that's for sure um, just for instance like you know going to uh to brownstown the first time i ever went there nick he raced there quite a bit and i was asked all kind of questions and tire choices and it seemed like it was completely different from everywhere racing around home i I was doing everything backwards so i kind of had to relearn myself um (laughs) to be able to actually be decently competitive and you know that's one of the
0: really cool things about brownstown you know you talk about the character it has I think that what I love so much about it is you talk about even even really skilled drivers that come in, whether it's National Touring Series um, or guys who just come to try Brownstown, it's why those local guys that really know the track and understand can compete night in, night out. And don't get me wrong, there's huge talent in those guys too that are local, but it is so different that if you just come in and think you've got it, you understand it, you know it, you don't.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like For instance, um, I talked to somebody. This was a while back, and I told them I was going to go to Brownstown. Obviously, when we were racing last year, and they're like, uh, "You know, is it just a normal show?" And I said, "Yeah, it's just a normal show, but um, obviously, I like going there, so I want I want to be able to get better there, so I'm going to go." And he's like, "Well, is you know, they got good competition there." I was like, "Oh yeah." They're like, "Wow, well, without on a normal show, you know, you'd have your just your normal regulars." But I tell you what, like the main person that comes to mind is when you hear Brownstown is obviously Gilpin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when you show up there, you're like hey i wonder if gilpin's here and is modified cuz if not might have a chance you know <laughs> so he's actually one of the person you know the people that when you when you go there you're like that's who you got to be you just know if he's there that's who you're going to have to to be to either to win or to run second so um i that and that's what i like about it as far as if you can uh, if you can kind of go somewhere and you know that someone's better if you can compare yourself to them you obviously can build a notebook and and um compare that to later on down the road if they show up on your home turf and um say hey this is where i had him beat there and this is where he had me beat here you know so i feel like you you travel around a little bit and you can learn quite a bit
1: you've already brought up ryan thomas he's another one though you can't rule out at brownstown also you know a rumor that you brought up you know all all three of those guys uh you know they can teach you something around that racetrack right there oh yeah nick Nick hoffman also you know i remember jackson 100 nick raced 100 laps in a late mall and then climbed down his modified (laughs) and won the modified feature and i was amazed at his his physical level there because he wasn't even out of breath when i went down and interviewed him i was like you know that's what i told dustin i was like you know he just ran 150 laps and and wasn't even out of breath so
2: yeah sure. just like i mean like you were just saying as far as uh, ryan there um that night i just ran the top the whole time and he just flat out took me to school i mean he uh he kind of just rolled that middle there and just Flat out. I mean, I, I just seen him every lap, and I was like, "Dang, this dude's that quicker." I just suck, and he just <laughs> and took for to school. So, and afterwards, I went over and shook his hand, and he ran me clean. It was that was one of the funnest races I've ever had. So, um, yeah, for sure, if you're showing up there, either it's Gilpin or Ryan, and there's a lot of cars. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, I don't want to leave anybody out, but it's just anymore. It's kind of anywhere you go, you gotta um, put into consideration the locals are obviously tough I mean anywhere
1: yeah
0: and, you know, and Devin, you know, Gilpin there, you know, friend of the show as well. But the funny thing that you were talking about is does he have his modified? I loved watching it the last couple of years when he was kind of bouncing back and forth between running the late model, running the modified. When they'd pull in with the hauler watching kind of the eyes that would start moving around or the the girlfriends or the other the other pit guys that you knew were connected to modifieds that would kind of just happen to be around the pit shack at that point. To see which car came off the hauler. Yeah. that was always always kind of a fun thing to see. Like, oh, okay, he's got the late model tonight, boys. We're good.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember we were there for the AMS show, and um, uh, I, I think we were on around for the pace laps, and the battery box completely just fell out of it. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I, I think yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the battery box. And I remember going to the payout window, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we thought Gilpin was going to win," and that battery box came out, and you know. I got my high. My hopes was real high, and obviously, you don't like see anybody have bad luck, but you hear people. They're like, you know, if if he didn't drop out, he was going to flat out smoke us. So, I mean, he he's obviously someone that is is way way tough to beat there. So,
0: yeah, he's one that you know. You talk about notebooks. I don't know that he has a notebook. I think it's like one note card because he's figured it out so much, it's dialed in that it's just this is how you run a modified at at Brownstown, man. And and it's, it's amazing what him and his, his grandpa uh, Donnie's been able to do with that because it is just something else.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just like, um, and I put that into my consideration, like going to molar is my, is my home track. It's only 10 miles for me to get there. So um, when people show up, I, I kind of know what the track's going to do. And, and I have my notebook set up for my home turf, just like he, he has it for his. So, um, and sometimes you can rule that into consideration, you know, when you go other places or something like that and, um, say, Hey, this worked here, let's try this here. And, um, so it, it feels to me, if, if you can build your own notebook and, and kind of, you know, have it build up enough where you got all different kind of racetracks, a lot of them, you can kind of combine them everywhere you go and, um, make things kind of work just whatever you feel comfortable
0: looking back to uh grandpa i know he's been a a huge part of your racing career and your your influence there so i'm gonna ask this what is the what's the best piece of advice he's given you throughout your time
2: man uh i don't know i know he always tells me everywhere you go if if we're racing somewhere you can always see my grandpa with a stopwatch um i mean that's and he'll check anybody it don't matter if it's the street stocks out there, don't matter if it's the four cylinders out there, he's he's timing whoever's competitive and he'll con- compare you to anybody. So um, I don't know. It seemed like to me, obviously, you know, when he's doing that stuff, you hear someone say, well, this person's a 10th quicker and um it doesn't sound like a lot, but he kind of puts it in a, con- you know, like tells me, you know, a 10th is, is a different ball game. So that kind of tells me like, hey, he's telling you like, you need to get to work on that thing and make it better. Cause if not you ain't winning. So he, he kind of, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously he's taught me so many different things. There's not enough time in the day to even learn, um, a quarter of the stuff that he knows and that he could teach me. But, um, I don't know. I, I mean, it just, I'd say honestly, it just, it has to go back to that stopwatch cause he, he'll pretty much tell you if you're slow or not. So, um, I guess I could be really be the only thing that I can, I can uh, t- uh, give you off that one.
0: But you know what you just said? I think a lot of times guys miss. Um, and again, I don't sit in a car. This is just outside opinion, but you talk about like a guy's a 10th you're a 10th slower than somebody and you think, all right, that's not a big deal. I can make that up. But if you're talking a 50 lap race, that's five seconds. I mean, yeah. at the end of the race, they've, if, if it goes green, They've got a five second advantage on you. Once you really look at that stretch and overlaps, that's a big issue. And and so, you know, trying to minimize that gap the best you can is huge.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like me just figure if that person runs a tenth faster or a tenth and a half faster every lap, they're gonna get farther and farther out on you every you know, every lap. So you say for instance you're running a heat race and that person the second heat is two tenths quicker and you know how the track's gonna turn out and that feature, they might be 3 tenths quicker and you might be, you know, complete opposite direction. So to me, it, it, a lot of people don't think it, it means a lot as far as um, using the stopwatch, but to me, it obviously tells me, hey, I need to tweak here or I need to try this because they're gonna get faster and if I don't change anything, I'm just gonna stay the same. So it seems like to me, that right there was actually huge for me because he, he's always got it on him, so I know he's going to come back and tell me, hey, the car looked good, but we're slow. So
0: let me ask you this. Does this help you really look to how you can make the car better with the stopwatch instead of I can go in and drive harder, I can push it more? So you you, you do focus on how can I adjust the car to make it drive better instead of I'll, just, I'll get to the feature, and then you overdrive the car.
2: Yeah and that goes back kind of like, like I said, to your home turf, you know, so say if I'm at Muller one night and someone's a 10th and a half faster than me and I'm watching the race car and say the tracks hammer down, if I know the track's going to get slick and I'm a little tight, I'm going to leave the car the same because the track's going to slow down a bunch and I'll be just fine for the feature. And I've been in that, you know, situation a pl- plenty, plenty times. So, um, then like I said, you know, say Brownstown, for instance, if, uh gilpin's a tenth and a half faster than me i don't have a lot of laps around there so i'm like i gotta try something else to 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 get speed so like i said you know it kind of rolls back to whatever if you got a, like i said if you got a notebook then you can build off of it but if you don't then you're just kind of throwing ideas up in the air to to try to make things work
1: when you go visit other tracks how uh, open are the locals to helping you out you know because I mean you are a big name when you roll in you know people talk about it when they see you come into the pits and will they just offer you things or they just pretty much let you figure it out yourself
2: yeah I pretty much let you figure it out yourself because I mean I've uh, I've been a few places and I don't know what gear they run there and I'll ask them hey you know what what uh, what gear you run here and it's just like they tell you something and you're just thinking I know you're lying but <laughs> so I kind of I base it off a little, you know. Someone will tell me one thing, and I'll go to the next guy, and he tells me another. So maybe I'll go like right in the middle of what he told me, you know, so, and try that out. But um, yeah, I mean, I've had I've had a lot of people um, in my life that's helped me out a bunch. Uh, you know, I, I've based ideas off of a few friends. Say, hey, you know, when you were here, if you can check back in your notes, uh, what gear did you run here? And I can kind of base it off that, but. Like I said, I've had a few people help me out, but not not very many. Tough one's a good
1: one. He's another one that's quick over there. So he, he's a good one having your, your pocket there to help out.
2: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: All right. So now let me flip that question. When new guys come into
0: molar, I was getting ready to do the same thing. Are you the guy are you the guy that tells them uh, a totally off the wall gear or are you the guy that helps out?
2: No, i I mean normally I'm kinda of the guy that helps out because obviously when if someone shows up I kinda of, you know, I want them to be I want them to be better than me or I want them to be as good as me so I can kind of base where my program's at Um, and kind of what started that for me was uh, a guy that used to help us named Happ and he was in um, a big pool league and he pretty much said that um, you know he would play all these pool games and if someone rolled in that he knew was good he would play them but he would never go out playing pool with someone he didn't know that was any good so, because he felt like he'd get sloppy. So, I feel like for me, I would always tell that person, say, "Hey, this is what you know gear I'm running. So, if you, um, you know, you can try it out and uh, and kind of base it, you know, how my car is. If someone's faster than me, then, you know, hey, I I need to I need I just need to get better. As simple as that. So, um, I feel like I feel like helping somebody out and kind of being able to get them faster. So maybe they're competitive. Is is something that helps out every driver, in my opinion. You know
0: what? That's one of the best answers to a question oh, I, I think we've had. And, yeah. and I mean that because I love the analogy that if you're just out there dominating and, and you're messing with guys, the pool analogy, I'm not going to play with, with you because you're not any good. I'll get sloppy. I think drivers miss the boat on that as well. Yeah, you know, I agree. You, you, when you're racing the best competition you can, you, you keep your skills sharp.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like, just like I was saying before, you know, we don't, we don't, I, we don't get to go to Florida. I, I, you know, my home life is more important and making sure everything's good here. So, I don't get to normally start racing until, you know, late February when we go to 411. So, if I could go, if I could go to Volusia, you know, and when they run down there, I feel like when I come back home, my racing program would be 10 steps ahead because I'm, I'm basing myself down there. I've never been there and all these people are, you know, beating me. So, I kind of, Push myself to to get better. So that rolls back to to going other places, you know, outside of my local racetrack. If I know someone's good, just say for instance, when I go to Lawrenceburg, um, I know Matt Hamilton and my my girlfriend's dad, Brad. You know, they're all good there. So I, I go there to try to beat them to to better myself to make sure my program is tip top shape because I don't want to go somewhere into a big race and and look like a fool, you know, kind of not knowing where, where I'm at.
0: Hey, looking at, looking ahead. And I know this year has obviously not gotten started the way any of us had hoped for or wanted to, to do, but looking ahead, what, what are your goals or how can it, how have you kind of adjusted those goals hoping that we get opened up and get racing here soon?
2: Um, I mean, obviously, I took i I was looking at uh, eldora um, their their point system there and it was it was huge for for someone um like my program there was only I think six or seven races and I believe it paid five grand so it would have been cool to do it but then again, it's two hours from the house and obviously everyone can tell you that Eldora is hard on things but um I feel like if I could accomplish that i I think it would be something I could put back to say that you know, Hey, I done this and, um, I finished here and and this is how I turned out. So, um, I don't know, I, obviously we race for fun and not for a living. So I feel like just going out on a weekly basis and if we're competitive and, and, you know, still having fun to me, that's all I care about. And that's what I want my grandfather, um, to do, you know, as long as he's having fun, that's, that's all that matters to me. I mean, I don't go out every week and expect to, to win every single night. I just want to go out and Obviously, this is what me and him bond together doing. So if we're having fun, then that's all I care about.
0: So I I do want to say this. uh, One of our big uh, local guys here, uh, Jeremy Owens, that that runs a modified, a a huge fan of the show. Ran ran a modified. Yes, ran a modified, out of (laughs) modifieds now, but uh, also sponsored the show. But I got to say this about Eldora. He went and ran Eldora for points last year one of the coolest trophies I've ever seen that they give out for their, uh, season points. So five grand sounds awesome, but the trophy is, is just about as cool as five grand. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And that, that's like I'm saying, you know, I you figure just like, um, I know when Nick started running the late mile stuff, he wanted to run the outdoor points and, obviously someone little that caliber like why do you want to why would you want to run for points you know you would think you would want to run a lot of races and just like you said you know you look at all the people that came through Eldora um, that kind of built their program up at Eldora obviously got started there and um, that's what they wanted they wanted to win the the points because it's I mean it's Eldora it's it's just different than anything else you, you you'll ever see you know so and like I said, they only have like six or seven races and I thought it would be neat to do it. But obviously, like I was saying, you know, we do this for fun and not for a living. So I kind of have to take in, to cons- <clears throat> excuse me, into consideration our cost of what, you know, we spend on a weekly basis and if it would be worth it to drive two to two and a half hours to try to get something like that done, you know. So, um, I mean, obviously it's still going to take some discussion about, um, but, I don't have normally really any plans right now. Obviously, just to to race on a weekly basis whenever we get back going. That is, you know.
0: So I want to ask you this um, because you're you are a, a a young guy with a ton of talent, man. And and I'm not yeah. saying that just because you're sitting here. You you got a ton of talent. So I'm gonna ask you this if and I don't know that we've got anybody with real deep pockets with super late model ties uh, listening. But let's just say I play the Powerball on a regular basis, and let's say that um, I end up with my number drawn right now, and if my number is drawn tonight, I'm planning on starting a super late model team and traveling. Um, What's your pitch, man? Why why should somebody come and put you in a super late model? Uh, And and I know you say you race for fun, not for a living. Why should we change that?
2: Um, I mean – well, just say, for instance, you know, there for a while in the offseason, I kind of talked to, to Jim Beeman there um, for a little bit, and we had, you'd tried to work something out, and obviously uh, maybe we didn't see eye-to-eye on something, and um, that that's fine, you know. Jim's a great guy, and um, I respect his decisions, you know, whatever he done. So, um, But anyway, I, I don't know. I feel like – I I mean, I've got my feet wet in the late model before, and it's a totally different world, you know. So um, I don't know. Obviously – you know, unfortunately my grandfather's not going to be around forever. Um, and I'll do this, um, as, as long as he's alive. And like I said, as long as he's having fun, we'll continue to do it. So I feel like once that kind of comes to an end, I think obviously I'll kind of be, you know, done. Um, I'll, I'll try to, to fund it myself as, as long as I can, you know? So, um, I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, I, I know a lot of people work hard. I work very hard for, um, for what we have and, and to get better. So I feel like uh, if I ever got the opportunity, I think I could to hit the ground running with it, you know? So obviously I'm, I'm a person that's very hands-on that I don't ever expect anybody to just uh, drop what they're doing and, and do something for me. So if something needs to be worked on, I, I, you know, plan to be there to work on it. So um, I don't know. I think in my opinion, I'm just a little bit different than what a lot of people do. I, I don't, you know, obviously I'm not saying that some people don't work on their things or, um, they don't pay for nothing. You know, I'm I'm just saying, in my opinion, I think if I ever got that opportunity, I think I could prove my point as far as, um, I want to be a hands-on person. I don't expect nobody to work their tail off to be able to go racing. You know, I, I don't ever want to take the fun out of the sport. I think it's started to go that way a little bit, but obviously people are seeing, um, the fun is going out. So I think it's starting to take a turn a little bit, but I don't know. I mean, I just pretty much just, uh, to sum it all up. I think I could, um, make my point clear that obviously I want to work hard to be able to be successful. So I guess I can just leave that there. (laughs) Well,
0: I will, I will say this. I've never asked that question on this show and it was probably an unfair question to throw you right on the spot. But, uh, I, I I will tell you if I'm lucky enough to win the Powerball, uh, I'll be calling tomorrow morning. And if if there is anybody out there listening, man, get this guy, give this guy a shot, man. I, and I know you love what you're doing right now with Grandpa and and uh, having well, if, fun if,
1: with it. If anything, give him you know help him out on the in the modified. Yeah, but you know, let's, help him let's out see way.
0: where where you can go with this. Just, man, I think you got a ton of talent, yeah. and uh, and I think that um, everything happens for a reason. And what you just said. I think I think it'll all come together at some point hard work yeah, speaks, for, speaks volumes. I, mean, I'm,
2: I, I don't I, I don't mean to interrupt you but I don't I don't ever push the issue on anybody you know um, I got I've always told my grandpa if the time ever came obviously I would make sure my race my modified program was put first um, that that's what kind of got me to where I am today and I'll never give that up you know I've um, just say for instance when I was talking to Beeman, he said that he did not want to race that much and so we talked a little bit and i told him you know I, i'm gonna run mole on a friday night and um if you want to come up and bring the late model we can do that i don't you know i don't expect to race both you know two nights a week so um whatever you you think would be fair you know we could we could talk it out but it it, it obviously didn't go um it didn't go that route so like like you said everything happens for a reason so it's not like it's the end of the world, you know, the time may come. If it don't, it don't, you know, I still had my fun and obviously did, um, did what I wanted to do with my grandfather and, and build up kind of a, um, a small racing team that was successful. So to me, if, if, if racing for me ended tomorrow, I feel like I would still be happy, obviously be upset. Cause it was such a, a short notice, you know, but, um, obviously it would be something that, um, I had a lot of fun with and built a lot of friends and and um, uh, I guess you could say partners with. and I, I think I, I would be like I said, a little upset, but it is what it is. I had my fun and you know oh well, and I'm also gonna say this about
0: that answer, even. you know some people may look at it if i was uh, if I had a super late model team and they may say, you know, he just said that he's gonna put his his modified program first. I don't want a driver that's not going to invest everything. I'm going to tell you this: the loyalty you just showed in that answer, man, yeah. I would hire you in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, for anything that, so keep doing what you're doing, man. You, uh, that loyalty, that honesty, the way you are, it's it's all going to come together. And I and I I can't tell you how much I am a fan of you um, and how much
2: I appreciate you. Thank you. I really appreciate that.
1: Hey, let's give you a chance to throw your sponsors out that do help you race, you know, in the modifieds there.
2: Yeah, obviously, um, you know. So it's it's a family owned deal. Um, we we have our own auto salvage business. So Stricker Auto Parts is is a is obviously our main supporter there. And um, like I said, I was talking about before, my girlfriend's father, um, Brad, he owns B&B Auto Care. Um, wears Machine Racing Products. I got to thank Matt's Graphics for. Um, making the thing look good. I know I beat up some body panels sometimes, but <laughs> he can make it look good again. So uh, I gotta thank Steve Mayer at Earnhardt Technologies, Nick um, with with Elite Race Cars, and I mean the list goes on. I I uh, probably should have prepared a more of a list, but like Valvoline, they they um, they help me out a bunch. Um, got my got my Speedco shirt on for John Whitney. So oh, yeah, it's just a small team, man. I don't I don't have a lot of funding behind us. Uh, my grandfather is 75 years old and works every day, um, to be able to go racing. So, uh, he still works for himself and, uh, I, I work full time for a gas company doing, um, gas work, natural gas work. So, um, we kind of, um, combine some money here and there and obviously anything I can do to help him out, i obviously do that. I don't expect my, my grandparents to invest everything they have in something that you just go have fun on on the weekends. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's just a small team and and we're very fortunate to to do what we do with what we have.
0: so i, I want I want to throw this out there too. And I know that obviously Wednesday nights at eight uh, probably aren't great, but once we get through this this virus and this pandemic, I'm gonna hold you to this, but I want to promise that you and Grandpa will come down in studio with us. I know it's a drive for you. We'll do it on a Saturday afternoon or whatever and record, but I want you guys to come down and we'll do a special episode with you guys in studio.
2: I'm, I'm 110% game, but <laughs> to get him to speak is like, I mean, it's it's pretty tough because we had that um, Date Not of Ray fan's banquet and he got, a, um, he got the Mechanics of the Year award and uh, he called the he called the Darth Banquet and pretty much told him he was sick and couldn't make it because <laughs> he didn't want to speak. So uh, I'm sure I can talk him into it. He, he's he's always um, nowadays kind of opening up his uh, his world there a little bit, I guess you could say, and and does different things now. So, yeah, I mean, I'd for sure I'd be 110% game for it. I, I would really like to hear – I mean, I hear a lot of his racing stories, but I feel like he could tell them way better than what I could and would be obviously the 110% – the way it was, you know, so I can tell you, I could go on and on about stories and they might be uh 90% right. But then he's probably watching this thing right now with my grandmother thinking, well, this boy's an idiot. He, I told him <laughs> I to, he's telling them all wrong.
0: Well, <laughs> let me tell you this. And, and, and he probably is watching, so we'll have to figure out a better way, but let's just trick him into coming down <laughs> here because it is amazing. People, when they get in here, they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm intimidated. There's a microphone, all this stuff. Once we all sit down, and it's honestly just like shooting the BS across the table and, and talking race, and there's just a mic in front of you, and uh, I would love yeah. to sit back and hear the stories from your grandpa.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, just like um, I, I've heard plenty of the, the World 100 stories and when they won the World 100 and all that kind of stuff. It's just there's there's multiple stories you could listen to, and, and uh, like I said, I, I've heard probably just about all of them, but it's just one of the things, you know, if – if it's something you enjoy, they, they just never get old. And obviously I want to cherish some moments for as long as I can. And, um, you know, spending time with him is, is really my go to. If I, I don't have anything going around on around the house, I'm normally up by nine o'clock and I'm heading to the race shop to, to work on something. Um, like I said, he works every day in, uh, in his own garage. He works on vehicles. Um, he's like I said, he's 75 years old. So I, uh, spend all the time I can with him. Um, and make sure that obviously if I can learn something from him, then I I obviously want to be there to, to, to try to learn that.
0: Well, Adam, man, I'm going to go back to this again, man. I, I, number one, thank you so much uh, for taking this time out. And I I say this almost every week and it's kind of our sign off, but I mean it like when Matt and I started this deal, we didn't know if we could get anyone to even come on and talk to us. And, uh, You know this is episode number 85 uh for us uh and for you to reach out you know and and start sharing our stuff and us be able to get you on here um i know to you it may not seem like a big deal but to us it's a huge deal yes uh and i can't tell you how much i appreciate it how big of a fan i am of you um because that's a cool thing for us we're still fans so we get this is like uh just a crazy thing for us to get to sit and talk to guys that we respect and uh and appreciate so much.
1: I gotta tell yeah. you, I was a fan before we started, but I'm a bigger fan now, man. And your uh, perspective on things is really, you know, eye opening. And uh, you know, I hope a lot of other drivers listen tonight to you and and you know, maybe take heed to some of the things you said.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, like I like I told you before, um, like obviously you see dirt on dirt, and what Michael Rigsby has done with dirt on dirt. Um, he's done wonderful things with it, and you you hear. Dirt late model racing, and obviously you can remember dirt on dirt. So, to me, in my opinion, if this is something that you guys wanted to be successful with, um, it takes support. I mean, just like anything in this world. So, uh, obviously, standing behind your, you know, I guess you could say, local businesses and something like that is um, huge, especially in right now. You know, um, if you can, if there's someone you can stand behind. Then and you think they could be successful? Then it doesn't hurt to take five minutes out of your day or whatever to to share it on Facebook or anywhere. Um, just like when I knew I was coming on here, I put it all across my social media just because. Not only for me is it, it to me it is huge to me um, because I think just like you were saying, I can get my perspective out on things easier by mouth than I can by making a long post on Facebook that a lot of people is going to be like, well, this, you know, he's just ranting on Facebook or something like that. And I'm just trying to, you know, get my point across here. Um, and and then again, for sponsors, obviously it's, it's huge. And unfortunately, um, I didn't have a list like I really should have, but, um, you know, it's just huge. If you can get, if you can get someone's name out there, obviously that's what we look for in this sport is to be able to get people's name out there and, and a little bit of help. And, um, and just like you said, my perspective on things and so to me this was this was a blast. It's it's huge for me. Um I, I told somebody at work about it today and they're like, Oh, you know, what's that? What what was the purpose of it? And I was like, Well if somebody can if one person hears me out on my perspective and what I want to do in life and if they believe in me, then that was all it took was an hour of my time to to be able to succeed my dreams, you know. So I don't know, it was huge for me, so I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Well, and, and like I said, man, that's that's why we started it. And yeah. on the other side too, for us as fans, if if one kid heard you tonight um, and decides that they want to, they're they're pulling on dad's you know shirt saying we got to go to the dirt track. I don't, you know, I can tell you right now, I got a five year old in here um, who is ate up with it. And every week, um, and it's been sad that we haven't been able to have guys in studio because that's usually his like big thing. Is there's a driver out there. He'll ask me what color is their car, what number is it, can I see pictures, and the next thing it'll be is when I say you race at Molar, he's going to say how far is Molar and can we go because that's that's <laughs> what it's all about, man. And, and it's, uh you know, like I said, I remember being at Bloomington Speedway being a young kid and getting to watch that stuff. So if if it helps you, if it gets fans back in the sport that we all love, um, it's what it's all about.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm in the process kind of right now of getting some die cast made. So if we end up coming up there or something, I have to bring him a little die cast up so he can kind of keep it for, um, a little memorabilia there. So you, you get yeah, him made, <laughs> you let me
0: know because he, he's got, he's got a room full of, uh, race stickers on his door and, uh, he is, he is definitely locked into the racing world.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to get him hooked up on some stuff.
0: Hey, brother, again, I appreciate it, man. I wish you all the best of luck going forward. And uh, like I said, uh, once we get this stuff cleared up, uh, we'll get you and Grandpa down here, and uh, we will definitely, some point this season, we'll be there to see you and uh, cheer you on, man. You got some fans here at Thrall Up the Podcast. That's right.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Like I said, it was a blast. Yeah we'll uh, we'll speak to grandpa and see if we can get him out there all this time we gotta go out and check out somebody's race car or something we'll just show up yeah
0: yeah <laughs> tell him you're swinging down by master's belt to see what's going on we're just north of master's belt man
2: yeah well it's funny you say that because we were just talking about it the other day um him and tater's real close so i'll just tell him so yeah hey i talked to tater so we gotta go down there and tater wants to see you, and we'll just show up there and just tell him tater was supposed to stop by or something oh hey i can
0: i can get tater here tater and me are good drinking buddy so i'll just get tater down here
2: yeah that sounds good
0: (laughs) all right brother thank you so much we wish you all the best and good luck with everything
2: all right thanks man thanks for having me see you brother see you